Hello, how are you? How's it going? Hi, Ro. Hey, Vicla, how are you? Good, good. Episode 10, we're in the double digits now of the old podcasts. Did you ever think we'd get here? Well, at this stage, I thought that one of us might have gotten a boyfriend or at least, you know, <laughs> we'd be going on like a little romantic week night away with someone. I didn't. Um, I, I, I thought we might at least get a little double date or something out of it, maybe, <laughs> but like, like literally nothing. I would actually just kill for a date in a pub right now. Well, I'd take that, honestly. The good thing that comes out of this is like anyone who's listening and they're if they're listening to this in a few months and they're like, how did those girls not get dates by then? We're like, there was a pandemic. There's an excuse. So we have exactly. an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It's grand. It's fine. We're grand. We're good. We're fine. Um, yeah. we, we put a, a call at the end of the last podcast looking for a guy to come on, a, a straight guy to come on and kind of talk about that side of the dating world. Because obviously we can only talk about it from our point of view. We did, and we do have a victim. I mean, uh, a guy here, <laughs> an interviewee, who's been willing to, <laughs> who's been willing to give up his time to talk to us. Hi, Kieran. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. Good. Oh, no, not too bad. Good. Good country accent there. Thanks a million. A good Mayo man. I won't this say could, good, but a Mayo man. I mean, well, look, we'll we'll decide by the end. We'll be like, is he yeah. great? <laughs> and, you know, a bit about you, Kieran. You're single then. Yes, I am. Are you on any of the apps or anything like that? Yes, um, I've, I've tested a few. I've been on a lot in my time, but um, at the moment, just Tinder and Bumble. So. Oh, God, I hate, I, I truly hate Tinder. I'd be interested to know what, what, what do you think about it from a, like a male's perspective? Do you prefer Tinder to Bumble? Um, I get more engagement on Tinder, yeah. It's, it's kind of interesting. Bumble would probably be... Um, more the kind of girls I'm looking for that's where they'd be but at the same time personally speaking I wouldn't uh, find a huge amount of matches or conversations being struck up there so Tinder seems to be a lot more you know I suppose it was it was like a kind of a wave over the 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 lockdown at the start huge amount of people on it chatting and stuff and then it kind of dipped a lot and I think the last few have seen a lot of people get back on it in preparation for the big release <laughs> now, now, that you, now that you can potentially maybe possibly shift someone again everyone's jumped back on <laughs> well this is it like and actually go on normal kind of dates apart from either like uh, video dates or just walking and going for a coffee or something like that so yeah no look overall I, I wouldn't be a huge fan of tinder but at the same time i do see its merits i do know a lot of people that got relationships or met lovely people through it. I've, I've dated one or two girls that I've met on it. Um, I, I suppose it's probably something that's a lot better in a bigger city. Yeah. Like, you know, Ireland, even Dublin isn't that big. So, you know, like it'd be, if you were living in, say, the likes of London and it was very difficult to meet people that you would like to date through your daily life, this gives you a much better opportunity. Whereas in Ireland, I don't think we take it seriously enough. And I think then, because it's a smaller market, you know, it's too too varied, the kind of people that you're seeing on it and being shown to and you're seeing. So, you know, it's not as effective in, a, in probably a smaller populated area. At Tinder doesn't really force you to write much or anything about yourself. I find that a lot of lads on Tinder, no, not all of them, but a lot of them don't put anything in it and I'm like I can't take anything away from this blurry selfie that you have put up and a photo that's clearly from seven years ago and is from a camera 
Um, well, see, for, <laughs> for me, that, that would tell me an awful lot about the person, I suppose. <laughs> I, I work in marketing, so I'm able to, you know, you judge an awful lot by stuff like that. I think that, you know, personally speaking, I think that you should put more of an effort into these things. A lot of the photos, as you say, they're absolutely brutal. This is both guys and girls, because I don't have my female friends showing me the different types of lads' accounts that are out there, and they're absolutely cruel. I think I've talked to it before briefly about, or one E on, on the Instagram, about getting a friend to help you write your profile. Because like, as Irish people, we're absolutely brutal and stop are talking about ourselves. So, you know, if you get a friend to write your bio, write a few words for yourself and to pick out the photograph. At the end of the day, we all have half decent photos now. I know Irish people hate getting their photo taken, but at the same time, there's enough good photos. And even if it takes going out into the, like a local beauty spot, to get a couple of photos. Like if you were selling a car on Dundee, you're not going to just snap two, three blurry photos, throw it up and hope to sell it for a decent price. And you have to think of that. You're selling yourself here. So like first impressions do count. You only have like nearly half a second at this stage. People are making massive judgment calls on a person based on their image. So it doesn't take a huge amount of work or effort to put in the thought process here. Um, but that's also a, an impediment to it then. If you, because it's so easy to set up and get going on it, a lot of people don't take it seriously yeah. enough. So you know, like with the likes of him, there's a lot more questions and stuff like that. So it seems to be people that are much more genuine, whereas people nearly at this stage are downloading Tinder out of boredom. Oh yeah, I, t- I totally agree. Like I've seen some, some shockers. Like guys don't seem to be able to take selfies. Like what? Like why is it so difficult? Just just take a picture of your face. I think this a selfie thing of like I, I, Roshan, you like I don't know now, but the girl's point of view. But Roshan, you might agree with me on this. A lot of guys seem to take selfies that they clearly have done really quickly while their mate has ran into spar in. And they're sitting in the car, and it's like chin up version. <laughs> Their phone is on their lap. They're quickly looking around that no one's looking and they take a selfie upwards. They're not smiling. They look like they might be a serial killer. And I'm like, dude, like seriously, just take a proper selfie, put a timer on your camera and sit in your garden with a beer. I don't care what it is. But like this chin up dash dash cam nearly. I'm like, come on, you must have one phone. Another big problem that lads have, uh, gents' toilets. There's urinals behind the, the... mirror all the time so girls can get lovely photos in the <laughs> toilets you see night. but if a lad is goes to take a picture if he's looking well on a night out goes to take his picture and all you can see is these urinals in the background it's not giving off a good vibe like so no. you know there are some guys that way but at the same time cultural thing confidence thing but at the end of the day as i said like you know i work in marketing for bars here in Galway. I'm not going to throw up a rubbish photo of a burger and expect to sell it. You know, you you have to be careful. It's about the lighting. It's about taking 10, 12, 20 photos until you get that right one. People are going to see it and go, heading out tonight, geez, I'd love to try a burger. You want to flick on that, geez, I'd love to try him. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to try him. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) my lips around that. I suppose I suppose you're right. I mean, you're you're advertising yourself, you're promoting yourself, and as you say, it is probably kind of an anti-Irish thing to be that positive or confident about yourself. And probably something both Irish men and women, uh, you know. Well, I do I think and- it's particularly for men because, uh, like, I put up 
it, non-typical say photos for a for a straight Irish guy on my Instagram a lot of the time and most of the time it's like you'll have one or two messages from the girl saying lovely photo or whatever and then it's the lad sending you abusive messages or putting it into a WhatsApp group <laughs> ripping the piss out of you but at the same yeah. time means to an end for for me so I can see why most lads wouldn't want to be taking these nice kind of photographs like and it's re- it is really funny I do think the younger generation are getting much better um, like you know I'm still playing soccer and you'd be in the dressing room and the lads are my age Generally, it's, you know, from Mayo. So it's generally it's Wranglers and tech shirts, whereas the young fellows now are dressing much better. So they are taking more care in their parents, have better phones and are more prepared to put up better photos. Like I just suppose a lot of my guy friends, you know, obviously a lot of them are in relationships, but a lot of them wouldn't really be on social media that much. Or if they are, they're absolutely shocking photographs. <laughs> it's just like every time I'm asked to take a photo, you're like, you ever like wipe the lens of this thing it's it's upsetting <laughs> but like it's a visual thing and men are such visual creatures so you're, that it's something that you're saying is we should chase after younger men i think that's i feel like that's the kind <laughs> that's of vibe you're giving us care on <laughs> well, listening to you i think your maturity level definitely yeah <laughs> oh bird <laughs> oh zing i know Only no i'm there are, there are a few guys, but at the end of the day, no, I, uh, one of my big things about dating in this country is that we don't think about it enough. I've always said this, that it's kind of seat of the pants stuff as opposed to, you know, taking a step back going like, what do I actually want? Because I'm sure, you know, one of the questions you're going to get is, is why are guys always ghosting? Yeah, that came in a lot. That, yeah. And like, you know, you'd be flicking through, oh, yeah, 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 grand. And then you got a match and you're like, would I actually go on a date with this girl? Or what am, am I actually looking for a relationship right now? So when you're confronted with the situation, in an ideal world, we'd all love the perfect relationship or a shag. But <laughs> when it comes down and you're confronted with it, then the guy, the, the thought process is there, oh, probably wouldn't actually or is it now I'm gonna have to ask her out I'm gonna have to have a conversation then I'm gonna see if it goes anywhere then it's just too much effort I'll just you know keep swiping and you think that thinks that's why guys ghost as in they just won't be arsed like it's just easier to just leave like not respond to her and just let it say there is that there is that and then there's the lack of uh, courage and balls in just going listen don't think we're suited uh, you're a really nice person it's nothing to do with me or you it's just the fact that you know it, it's not um, right for me or right for us or I don't see this going anywhere it's a difficult conversation like I'm not saying that you know you should be it, it is difficult to get the balance right I think you go on a date with someone you don't really know someone after one date like we've all been telling people oh yeah I love walks in the country and baking yeah. and all this kind of rubbish <laughs> it's like an interview you know you're you're, you're putting your best uh, vibe out there the reality is kind of different so you know do you go on one date with a person and go oh no it won't work do you go on three or four to get better to see what they're really like but then you're almost are we actually something now? Are we in a relationship and something? So again, it's the Irish culture. It's it's the whole, uh, how was your meal? And you're eating absolute rubbish. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. We're afraid to be critical in this country. So, you know, I'd prefer, much prefer a girl to say, listen, Karen, don't think it's working out as opposed to five or six months of misery. And then we just go, oh Christ, it's not worth it. Let's leave it. Yeah, I think everybody would prefer just for people to be a little bit more open and honest. Like I've had a couple of dates and 
uh, one guy was just like, oh, I didn't feel any chemistry. And I was like, grand, it saves him wasting any more time on me. But like, I just think, I, I mean, do guys feel guilty when they do the ghosting or are they just like, meh, whatever. No, I, I would imagine that deep down, like, you know, talking to lads, lads groups and stuff like that, it'd be different. But genuinely, yeah, no, because when you're on your own, you do want to meet someone. And like, I know you're early 20s, it's a different kind of vibe and you're going out and you're enjoying yourself. But like, we do want to meet someone. You, you know, there is, um, I suppose, you know, family pressure and friends and different stuff. And it depends on your social group and different things that are happening in your life at the time. But of course you want to meet someone. So therefore, you know, if you are on these things, you're, you're putting yourself in a space, but maybe you're not fully committed. But at the same time, you know, I think most people are decent, don't want to be disrespectful of others, but just think, that it's the easiest thing. And, you know, sometimes it can get to a stage where, oh, geez, I haven't texted back in a few days. It's a bit awkward now. Oh, I'll just leave it and hope that you never bump into her again. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> God almighty. Which is very <laughs> unlikely if you're walking down the street in Galway. If you're walking down the street the- anywhere in Ireland, you know, there's a probably a large yeah. possibility, especially if you're avoiding someone, you know, you're definitely going to see them. Yeah. Uh, and I assume that goes the same for, like, if somebody just magically unmatches you after t- chatting on tinder and bumble it's just the same kind of thing they're just like meh yeah or the excuse so my friend was i gave my friend tinder so they could flick through it and see what it was like my friend in relationship and they liked everyone um <laughs> yeah so, yeah and that can i mean you know you can be after watching a rom-com or something on, on your own and after the match of the day and you can be all romantic and you can flick through all these girls and then the next morning you get a few matches and you're like oh jesus I don't know how often that happens, but like... Oh, well, I think, I think that happens, and especially if you have a couple of beers, because I know that sometimes I've like swiped, you know, with a bit of uh, beer goggles on, and it might not even be much, but then the next day you get a match, and you're like, oh, no, like, what? what? Yeah. <laughs> this is not my type. But it's weird when you mentioned there, Kieran, that you mentioned like family pressures or friends pressures, because for, obviously from a girl's point of view, we feel the pressure all the time of like every time my granny rings me she's like we haven't had a wedding I'm like hello I haven't had a date so flip off and, um, but do you guys get the same would you would that be a thing the pressure is like to be in a relationship is something that's there for fellas definitely yes um I I suppose you know as you, as you get older your, your group your friends groups evolve and I'd have a lot of um say single friends at the moment that into relationships they'd have been people that would have been single for quite a while and they're getting into relationships and that kind of hits you as well and you know you sometimes you know as you're getting older and you're seeing the friends around you in families or you have nephews and nieces and stuff like that you do think am I ever going to get here and you know especially with the lockdown I don't know about other people but I felt I took a lot of time to think about, you know, where I am, where I'm going, what I really want out of life. And, you know, you would definitely get it from people at family gatherings and stuff like that. And um, both my younger sisters are married with kids now. So, you know, you're obviously going to be getting the question on a regular basis. Um, But I do honestly think the fellas are getting that and feel that. And, you know, any of the friends that I have that are single now would love to meet someone. But um, do say that it's, it's harder than ever. And in some ways it is, and in some ways it isn't. Well, it's obviously harder than ever in lockdown anyway, that's for sure. <laughs> well, yes. um, I, I do think you're right. There's like a, f- a kind of flippancy maybe on, on both sides because, I don't know, maybe the apps make you feel like, I don't know, like maybe you're not as connected to people as it would be like in Well, see, life. that's it. Yeah, no, I think like it, it, it is cognitive overload. If there's too many choices, then you feel like, 
I don't need to worry about it. Say in my parents' generation, for example, a lot of people will be married to someone in the location because you go, okay, this is the selection. It's the women or men in this area. You know, if I meet a nice one, great, I'll meet someone there. Whereas now, literally, like, had you Tinder during the lockdown? Yeah. Because it was yeah. doing, like, passport. So not only can you get rejected by girls living 1km away from girls in China and Japan and all over the world that weren't matching with you. Oh, well, I was loving it because I was all over Cardiff. I was all over Wales. I was swiping away, loving my life, just being like, Wales, 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 ignore the Irish for a while. And then, <laughs> and Roshan was given out to me. But then, but so so that's interesting as well. Did you find the Welshmen much more attractive? Um, I found them, yeah, well, I have a, you know, insane... She has a thing for Welsh guys. For Welsh people, so I have a thing for accents, but Welsh is number one. Um, I didn't... If I'm the, the accent translated well on Tinder, did it? No, I'm just, I'm just wondering, <laughs> the grass is always greener on the other side. Is it something that going, oh, they're local, they're actually someone I could meet, so they're, therefore they're not as attractive? Well, like, you know, especially... I think, I think the thing about for me... Dublin is that um, you just get there's no narrowing down of any criteria which I don't like about Tinder like you basically only get to narrow down the age and the the distance um, and Dublin is big and it's just kind of like there's no you don't get to put in like I'd like to talk to somebody who has like on Bumble you can see this person has kids or wants kids or you know is religious or isn't religious or whatever you don't see any of that on Tinder and like you couldn't even put in I'd like someone who has kids or hasn't kids or was married or blah, blah, blah. There's no slimming down of that. And I just found Dublin too broad and it's the same people. Like you could, I would, could be on Tinder for six days in a row swiping and you can guarantee the same people come up 150 times. So I think the Cardiff thing was just nearly excitement of seeing new people. They weren't necessarily any better looking, but it was just the fact that I haven't seen them before. <laughs> what, you, what you literally need is Facebook targeted ads. Yes, that's what I need. <laughs> Boom. There's an idea in that quick. Well, Facebook did want to create that dating app, but then the you know the GDPR and stuff. But if, in a way, I understand that because if you like, let's say, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, and there was somebody else who likes that, and then there's somebody else who likes five other things. You know, it would be nice for them to go to the top of the pile instead of Jim Bob, who I've seen 56 times. I've said no to, and yet he's come back up again. Well, there are dating <laughs> apps out there where you can see the person's dog. And if you, they, you like their dog and they like your dog, you get chatting. There's also yeah. ones for bacon, for Christians. But it's, I, I find it interesting. As well. It's probably the one that you have to fill out the most information on. Oh, but, it's like a mortgage application. So it's not up to plenty of fish. Yeah. But there, therefore, that's what we are saying that we're looking for. But at the same time, it's the least one that I'd ever go on. I, I started years ago and deleted it. Like it's, I find oh, it the I worst. There, to be, even to though be, the most information is out there. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, like I met my ex on Plenty of Fish, um, and like we went out for three and a half years. So like I, when we started doing this and we did Plenty of Fish, I mean, Nicola was like having a freak attack I wasn't that put off by it and I don't mind it at all I had a like obviously negative experience with somebody I met off it but I wouldn't totally write off no. plenty of fish for it but I, I know what you're saying I think the maybe the caliber and I don't know if it's like what the caliber of women is like on plenty of fish but maybe the caliber of person on it maybe isn't that's no, high or, or what you'd be interested in you know for me it was the fact that anybody can message you that this whole idea that any person you don't have to match with them can message you and i don't like that like that's like your 
extra inbox on Instagram. The reason they go into that extra inbox is because you ha- you don't know them and you have to kind of go in and find them. I don't like the idea that any person can just send me a message and like you're getting 56 of them and they're all copied and pasted because they've sent them to 50 other women at the same time. At least on Tinder and Bumble, you've seen something that you like on that profile and then they talk to you. That's why I just don't like Plenty Fish for me. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And that is a, like the security thing and the fact that literally anybody could message you is uh, definitely off-putting as well. Wait, hold on. Do people actually talk on Tinder? <laughs> oh, the rare, the rare old ones. What do you, like, do you find that, um, Kieran, that you that men, um, there's a pressure on them to make the first move on the likes of Tinder? Because obviously Bumble, it's on the women. But on Tinder, would you assume that you'd have to send the message first? Yes, yes, definitely. Um, and and that's yeah that's generally what I find now they don't always reply but at the same time it would I I would imagine that that's the way it's done and that's the way that I uh, if I match someone I'm going to match match them first generally yeah would and you I put off a figure girl made the first move though definitely not I um you know like see some sometimes I suppose you know they, they might have recognised me or something but a lot of the time. You know, if they see you, they think you have things in common with you. I, I think it's refreshing. It's it's not something I'd overanalyze going, Jesus, what, you know, is she too confident or is she X, Y, or Z? It's 2020. You know, if you see someone, you like them, you think you have something in common with them. Brilliant. You know, like you do get some strange messages on it or, you know, d- d- different engage- interactions. But overall, it's still better. Like it's still difficult. The pub's open next Monday. So obviously, let's say a year's time when things are back to close to normal, you're on a night out. I see you two on a, in the bar. Like A, it's challenging for guys to go up and approach women if there's, you know, say two of them or a group. B, I don't know if you're in a relationship or not. Whereas at least when you're on the likes of Tinder, you assume that they are single and that they're in a space for meeting someone. Because even if a girl is single on a night out. You can't assume that she's looking to meet someone or looking for a guy to ask her out or be in a relationship with her. So, you know, at least with Tinder, you do have that opportunity to, um, you know, to get chatting and, and you're hopefully both in the same space. I never thought about the uh, the pub like thing like that because I always do yeah. better. I always do better meeting people and talking to them in person. And I've found that in terms of dating, the the face on face has always worked better for me than any of the apps but I never looked at it in that way so that's actually weird when you said it because I just would like never think that a guy would have to run through them ticks in his head to go is she in a relationship is she not that's it's well now I'm like oh actually so I I used to be a barman uh seven or eight years ago and I, this is when I became really interested in dating and started writing a, a paper or a column in one of the papers about it. But I was seeing so much stuff and hearing so much stuff going on. You know the couple that were on, you'd see the same lads that would be hitting on girls all the time and some of them had confidence, some of them didn't. I just found it incredibly interesting to be standing at one side of the bar. It was kind of like you were in slow motion. Everyone else is getting locked and they're out having fun and you're obviously working, but at the same time, you're seeing all this going on. And I just found it an incredibly interesting dynamic and one of the things that struck me was that girls got defensive when guys were trying to shut them up because guys were nearly afraid to talk to women they had to get drunk and when they by the time they did get the balls to talk to them they were sloppy and kind of almost aggressive like grinding up against them or, or getting a bit thick so then obviously the girl's back was going to be up so it was a bit of a vicious circle um 
And especially nowadays, you know, you don't want to be, you know, if you're going up to a group of girls and they can be taking photos or videos or you're just afraid of what people are going to say. I, I just think dating, if you're in a group of people and you're introduced and you get chatting, that is absolutely the best way to get talking to someone, to meet someone organically in person. Because no matter how long you're talking to someone on Tinder or Bumble or any of these, unless you physically meet, and engage one-to-one in person, you cannot tell if there's a spark or not, no matter how funny banter is in your conversation, but within minutes of meeting in a pub. So it definitely is the best way, and it's important that we continue trying to meet each other and engaging with each other in this way. But I still find, I believe it's it's still challenging. Yeah, well, I think... I'd agree. I would definitely agree with that. I think that for... Anybody who says that, you know, you, you could talk to someone over text and it could be, it could go from Tinder to WhatsApp to even on the phone, but like you could have the banter with them for hours and hours and hours and then you meet them and you're like, nope, don't fancy them. And yeah. that, that's nearly instant. And it's interesting to hear that men think that as well, that they like this spark thing that sometimes women feel like maybe we're the only ones that are worried about the spark. But now it like kind of justifies it that, you know, the men also think this, that no, there's no spark with your one. She's grand crack, but it's not for me or whatever. And it kind of, yeah, it makes sense now that guys also see that. And that's why the, the whole dynamic of this lockdown is very interesting because on one hand, you know, people are saying that, dating has slowed down you're going to get to know the person you're going to want to actually think that there's a chance of something happening before you go kissing at this stage because you know you're not going to hop into bed with the first person you meet now because of you know the uh, well. virus and all that well <laughs> not joking Roisin. let's pretend guys let's pretend <laughs> so, we, so, th- so there's that is one element of it but then the other element is do you know that are you going to keep talking to someone for months and months? And like, does it fizzle out? Are you better off kind of chatting to someone and just talking every few weeks or something kind of way till we do something or whatever? Because you don't want to be get putting yourself into a position where it's like going to texting a lot and you're almost in a relationship but you'd never physically met. And then naturally it's going to be a downward curve again. So then it almost you've almost had the life cycle of a relationship just through texting before you have a chance to physically meet. Um, so, it, you know, it's, it's a really interesting dynamic. Did you try any Zoom dates yourselves? I had a Zoom date. It's funny actually say that about the long-term texting. I've actually been messaging a guy for about 13 weeks who lives in Kerry. It's a very, it's a very, like, max text is only, like, once, once a day or whatever. Um, and I'm still talking to him, but, I like, I, I, I kind of feel like that when lockdown ends, We'll probably both just disappear from each other's lives. He texts and carry lives is probably better because you wouldn't understand them in person. (laughs) True, true, true. The language barrier. Um, But like that, that hasn't actually gone any further than messaging. Like I've never been like, should we have a Zoom? I think he's kind of turned out to be like more like my pal almost now because it's been so long. Um, But I did have a Zoom date with one guy and it was actually fine. It's, it's interesting because like uh, apparently 69% of Americans tried Zoom dating, but like, you know, you have chatted to a few and it, it's okay, but I don't know. Do you do this thing where if you meet someone or you see someone, you're sizing them up that straight away, you're looking long-term, you're like, you know, instead of, you know, when you match someone, instead of asking them on a date, you're thinking like, you know, will this person fit into my life? Do they live too far away? You know, what's their job? Is their work hours going to suit? Are we actually going to get to spend time? Are you thinking... 
Like, <laughs> well, considering you know, I've mastered a guy from Kerry and been talking to him for 13 weeks, obviously not. Obviously, I haven't really. Is put that lockdown exclusive, or would that, have, would that be a general thing? I think probably because of lockdown, I probably have my kilometers further than I, I did. In fairness, we matched because he was in Dublin Airport, and that's how we ended up matching. If he'd been in Kerry, it, it never would have happened, to, to be fair. But I do have my Tinder set up. Um, for a little bit further, just to like expand the pool outside of Dublin. Um, I have been talking to a guy from West Meath, but yeah, I mean, I suppose realistically, if I think about it when this is all over, will that really work? But I suppose maybe I'm not, um, maybe I'm not thinking that far ahead in the sense that I'm more trying to just push myself to put myself out there and have a few dates and see what happens. But then that could all end up coming back at me because if I end up really liking somebody and they like they say they don't fit into your schedule your life because of their job or where they live then what do you do then and this is kind of what I'm saying about the fact that we I believe we don't put enough thought into dating because you have to it's all good we can go on tinder and instagram or whatever and see this really hot guy hot girl tonight and go I'd love to be dating them but you have to look you know say an inter-county footballer how much is he going to be training? How much are you going to see him during the summer? There's all these things that you kind of need to think about and see. My philosophy is I want to meet someone that will complement, not complicate my life. So I enjoy my life. I'm happy. I'd love to meet someone that will come in and make it better and more enjoyable. But, you know, it has to be, it has to work for both of us. I don't want her to feel bad or her to be giving up our, all her hobbies or, you know, taking time off work and stuff like that. It has to, kind of be a symbiotic thing that works for both of us. So this is what I'm saying about not being strategic and not playing games and stuff like that, but like actually knowing, you know, I have weekends off, I play a bit of sport, will I have time to go away? So does it need to be someone in Galway because I can see her midweek and then I go play the match on a Sunday? Or like if it was someone in Dublin, then, you know, how often am I going to see her and stuff like this? So I think that if people took a bit of time to think of that, what kind of person is it? Someone that's always in the gym, would they make me feel bad about my body shape because I have that same kind of passion and stuff like that. So that's where I've always said that people need to kind of, you know, have, have more honest conversations as opposed to, she's really hot. It's like, would we work well together? Do we have similar sense of humor? Do we have similar outlooks on life? Is she positive? Things like that. Yeah, I do. Um, For me, Internet. I kind of, I work so much that I would be... Um, someone living out of county wouldn't bother me because that actually probably helped me considering I'm working quite long hours during the week um so actually wouldn't like if someone was training you know every evening that would be fine by me if they're in the gym all the time I'd be like oh puke move on um, but uh, <laughs> for for me the main I've always said this the main criteria I have for somebody is that I want to find the person that I end up with I want him to be a him to be a guy that I could leave with my friends as I had to jog off for an hour or he was in the pub before me with my pals and I don't have to worry about him. I don't have to be like, oh God, is he going to say something that's going to offend somebody or they all hate him or like, you know, anything like that or he won't speak. I want someone who can just, he can nearly by the end of it be their friend as well. That's my end goal, man. But when when I'm talking to somebody on Tinder, it doesn't start out that way, but I suppose as you're getting further and further into a conversation that gets closer to meeting or after you've met someone, you do have to factor in those things. Like, will, where do I see this going? Um, you know, as you said, am I going to actually see this person over the course of a month? And that's, I think once you've met the person, it's, start, it's time to start looking at that. Yeah. 
I, I just, you know, and obviously I'm in my later thirties, but like, you know, months can fly by and stuff like that. It's just like, and even putting thoughts into the date and stuff like that. Like I was on a date once before and the girl who was going on a date with her housemate also had a date and I saw them getting out of the taxi and the housemate literally fell out of the cab. She was so nervous. She necked a bottle of wine and she was drunk. Now the guy could have been the nicest girl, guy in the world that she was going on a date with, but that date was not going anywhere because she was too drunk to enjoy it. So there's all these kind of cultural things that I think Irish people are just absolutely disastrous at dating and even kind of awkward. I remember asking a girl out before that I met in the bar and a couple of weeks later at Tag Rugby or something, her friends like, oh, you asked her out on a date. Like, what's wrong with that? But... You know, it was just a, an immaturity or something. I do think nerves, I think it is an Irish thing that we're bad at, we're kind of bad at dating. Like, we're not really good. Like, as I said, it'd be great when things slowly start getting back to normal. But I do think the thing about lockdown is it has made people maybe have sober dates so that you're not just looking at somebody through drunk eyes and that you're actually you know, it, it is scary to meet someone totally sober. I find it, I found it really frightening. I met someone for a social distance walk, but after the initial nerves, it, it, it was fine. Um, but I do think we do have this kind of cultural thing where it's like, oh, well, I can't go here or there without getting pissed first because I'll be too nervous. The drink will take the edge off. But actually, if you go somewhere sober, if you just give it a few minutes, it, you usually end up calming down and then you're fine. So I think lockdown's been good for that as in the sense as people you, have had to think a little more. Well, do you think that coffee is, is generally a best first date? Because at least if it's going well, you can have a drink. But if it is, if you're just having a coffee, you can say, oh, I have the carrot side, I have to go. Well, I'm the freak that doesn't drink coffee. So if anyone asks me, I'm like, do I just go and have a bottle of water? It's kind of like, mm, it's a bit of an odd. I know a lot of people, you know, find that as a, kind of successful thing like to go for a coffee I think it's just the idea of having something in your hand nearly or like something you can sip because it distracts you um and kind of get, it takes away the nervousness nearly of it all um you have something that's taking taking your mind off it um but for me I probably I prefer to just go for a drink but have already said in mind that I can only be there for an hour or an hour and a half and yes. then if it goes well change your mind while you're on it and do you see it, it coming to a time where, or does it happen to you guys coming up saying, hey, I'd like to take you out for a date sometime. What's your number? And asking you out and leaving you alone as opposed to just being there, getting chat and spending the night together and then having a night together and it going nowhere after that. Like just go in, get chatting, move on and then create a desire and then have a date down the line. Or do you think that's something that will happen in Ireland? I think I, I I think like what you're saying about like the the next generation will probably be better at that. Do you know what I mean? Maybe than than we are. Um, you know, I do think sometimes what happens is you go for a date and you have a few drinks, and I don't know what how guys feel about it, but sometimes you know maybe you go home with the lad or something, and you feel really bad. I don't know if then lads don't contact you afterwards because they're like, nah, I've got what I wanted out of her now. Um. So in a way, like, I think going for a sober date wouldn't bother me as much now after I've done a few sober dates in lockdown. So I think I'd be more willing to try it than I would have, say, beforehand. Um, I suppose we are unlucky with the weather in this country that it is, you know, outdoor dates. It'd be hard to say, okay, let's meet on Sunday because we don't know what the weather's going to yeah, be like. Yeah, exactly. So, it, like, it is, the safe bet is the pub. 
even if you're not drinking alcohol. But um, I yeah, no, I do think that people are starting to get better. You know, it's brilliant even to have podcasts like yours that will stimulate conversation that people can tune into, listen to it and get having, you know, better conversations as opposed to, oh, there's no nice guys out there. All women are useless. No one will text me back. I'll be single forever. Have an actual conversation about things and think about a bit deeper what you want, what you're looking for, what you're doing to get out there. Like, well, I haven't had a date in two years. Why not? Have you, are you on any dating apps? Have you asked anyone out? Have you asked your friends if they know anyone that would be good to meet or that could be suitable? Because even just going on one or two dates might give you the confidence to go, okay, them two guys were not suited for me, but I do know what I'm looking for now and have a lot more confidence uh, on going on another date. Um, so I did put up out the call on Instagram, Carolyn, to ask if uh, anybody wants to ask uh, our man any questions. Um, so me and Nicola are just going to throw a few quick fire ones at you, and um, you can you can give us your expert opinion. Um, but a good few people ask basically, like, what is because I know you said you're on Bumble and you don't really get responses, but. Like, what would be a good opener for a girl to send you? Like, what would a guy find attractive or what would intrigue him for a girl to message a guy? That's a really good question. I suppose something to, in relation to the photographs, I'm just, my phone here, I'll check what photographs I have, but something that shows that she has had a look at your photos and there's something in that that would appeal to her. She'd look through them and say, um, you know, you're from Go, or you like going to the races or, you know, different stuff like that. So something that... Uh, it's just something that's an open question that leads to a conversation um, starter. So Not like, can how is your lockdown in... or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I have so. sent a few of those. I am guilty of that. I just I run out of ideas sometimes and a guy doesn't have anything. Yeah, I feel that re- I, or I have researched that a bit and it is difficult because I remember once um, I, was, I was living with a guy or an Australian guy and I... We're sending girls messages and I'd be reading their profiles and I'd be, you know, thinking it out and uh, putting a lot of thought and effort into it, writing it out rather eloquently, not cheesy or anything, whatever. No responses for ages. And then he was like, we were talking about it one night and he goes, give me your phone there. So I saw it, saw this girl, hey, you're kind of cute for an old <gasps> one. And within seconds, cheeky, haha, how are you? And I was like, for God's sake, like that's <laughs> something I'd never thought it actually got their own reaction. So it is, you know, I suppose it depends on once you get the message, you look through the photos and you go, oh yeah, okay, I might be interested in this person. But something that leads to a conversation. So if she asks you about one of your photographs or something like that, and then it, it, it opens it up as opposed to, hey, how are you? Um, you, you know, that she's put some effort and thought into yeah. this. Um, what about, um, is there something that you notice as someone who's been on these apps and stuff, is there a thing that girls do that you like that we don't realize that we're doing that's kind of off-putting like I in in in, for an example I hate the fact that a lot of lads on their profile might have like three or four group photographs and you spend five minutes trying to figure out who it is and then you're like I actually don't even like this person so why am I zooming in on each person to figure out who it is so that for me is a guy thing but is there a girl thing that we're doing on our profiles that we don't realize is kind of off-putting that does that does happen dramatically uh, or an awful lot and there's I've seen a lot of girls where they be in with the same girl in five photos so say that there could be one group photo six or seven in it another three or four and then two two and two and you're like which one is the girl here so yeah. that, that is confusing. There's a lot of group photos like that. 
obviously there's a lot of hugely filtered photos too so you do not recognize the person when you meet them that genuinely does happen um then i i am actually surprised how bad the quality of a lot of girls photographs are being blurry badly taken really yes oh extraordinary um and this is something that I'd, i'd be very very conscious of um like I would not date a girl now if her if her photograph was badly taken, but like it, it's shocking. I'd say I'd say six out of ten girls' photos are very poor quality on Tinder. I'm really surprised. I thought girls would have been like really on their game. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm shocked at that as well. Um, but the quality, there's definitely a market out there for setting up like doing headshots or someone teaching people how to do decent half decent Tinder profiles. Um, based yeah. on or just or get just, your friend to take a self or picture of you like all of us have pals like you probably have a single friend and just go listen I have no good Tinder photos you take a picture of me but like there's, <laughs> that there's a blogger within five feet of everyone in this country all the time like we so <laughs> and they can hide them up a small bit for us we don't need to be uh, going OTT on Facetune but at the same time Get a mate. Like I, my profile's picture on um, Facebook there. It's a good friend of mine. We went to Bleak Woods uh, in Balna, lovely woods. Took a few photos. There's no one around looking and it looks half decent. And girls, some girls will look at that picture and go, oh, he's too into himself taking a photo like that. Whereas other girls will go, oh, he's, you know, into, he understands social media and different things like that. So I might be interested in that. Like, um, we had a girl ask actually um, whether guy do do guys like it if a girl plays hard to get like say if a girl does like a guy but she's holding back like does that work for fellas? It kind of does, yeah. There, um, you always want what you can't have. So if if there's too much conversation, if you're always texting, if you text and go, I know she's going to reply within seconds it does kind of take a, take away from it. Whereas if you send someone a message and she hasn't replied for a few hours, you're going, what's going on here? Have I done something wrong? What did say in the last message? Is she texting someone else? It just, it, it plants a seed of doubt. Now, I'm not advocating playing games, but at the same time, if you're too accessible and too uh, in their face, it can, it can almost get overwhelming. And you could probably see this yourselves in the guy texting you the exact amount of times a good friend is texting you and you look at the phone and you go, oh, Jesus, he's after texting again. Whereas your friend texts you, oh, she's texting again. You know, it, it creates this mental thing in your head where it's way too much. So I do think, now, the other side is our attention span has never been lower, so you can't do it too much. But I do think being a bit coy does create a desire and does help in uh, the early stages of dating. Interesting. Um, yeah, I have one uh, here and it's probably most girls can feel this. Why do a certain amount of lads just want to go straight in with the dort straight away? Like this one guy sent me a picture, sent me a message today on Bumble and he was like, the first thing was something like, oh, um, wouldn't you love to be on holidays right now or something like that and I said oh yeah it'd be great but sure blah 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 and he was like then he went all dirty I was like dude unmatched no 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 like I, we've sent two messages to each other and you think that I want to hear about filth coming out of you so what is with that with lads do they does it ever work well I've obviously never sent that kind of stuff <laughs> from friends 
From friends, of course, who told you. <laughs> so a friend told me. I oh, know. Like, honestly, yeah. I, I Like, as I say, the, my housemates are different. Uh, single friends will be showing me messages at times. And another thing is the aggressive messages as well, actually. That's disgusting. Like, there's some, um, you know, when a girl would gently let a guy down and to be sending these horrible messages. That's absolutely unbelievable. And I do wonder about these kind of messages, the dick pics and the aggressive messages. What guys think they're going to get out of this? Because... You know, it's it's um, is it has a girl ever gone back and go, Oh my god, your penis is absolutely beautiful? Let's, yeah. let's... <laughs> that has never uh, happened in the history of the world, ever. exactly. <laughs> so, this is what I'm saying like, imagine saying to your sister or one of your friends, oh, I matched with this stunner on Tinder the other day, I think I'll send her a dick pic, might uh, get her to go out on a date with me. Like, that does not happen. That is fellas that are immature, that are literally horny, just looking for the ride. They're, they're in a, They're not in a place where they're going to go dating. They are too immature. If that's the kind of stuff they're going to be sent, these are the guys that you know you're not going to be able to leave with your friends. You're not going to be comfortable with them hanging out with your family and different stuff like that. So I think sometimes we self-sabotage because we know we're not in a good place for a relationship. So there's a lot of times you know, for two different reasons and we're all, we all go through different stages in our life. We're just not ready. We think we are. We think we'd love to be in a relationship with someone, but looking back, you go, oh Jesus, I would have been a disaster of a boyfriend if I was going out with someone three or four years ago. So I think that these guys literally are just looking for sex and they're not putting any thought into this. So therefore they know they're not boyfriend material. So if they, if a girl responds to this, they know it's just going to be casual sex, but very rarely anything half decent and any half decent girl isn't going to respond to that positively so you almost know you're putting these these guys are probably putting these messages out there not expecting a positive response but we'll get aggressive sometimes coming back yeah um a couple of people also brought up the whole fellas have issues with commitment (laughs) um question um is it a fact that like guys generally just have a fear of commitment or is it just the fact if a guy doesn't want to commit to you it's just that he doesn't want to commit to you period i think it's probably more that i think that one guys don't think long term when they're getting into something what happens an awful lot is you meet the girl out three or four nights we're shifting we're shifting Oh, are, are we something then you're going okay this is grand keep going and then you're going oh Jesus I'm not really that actually into you or into this relationship and then half the time the guy's having the balls to break it off so it's going on a while so it's that they, they probably are okay with commitment but just not in that particular relationship so then they're kind of not treating girls the way they should be so things don't work out and she feels bad about it and he probably feels shitting himself deep down but at the same time he's not he didn't take the right step. So I think sometimes, and like it happened to me in the past where, you know, girls would be showing me attention. It's like, oh, geez, she actually likes me. I'm definitely going to go out with her. And I don't think, do I feel the same? It's more a case that it's great to get some female attention. So I'm going to go into this. And then you're in something. You haven't thought it or you've convinced yourself that this will work out when you know deep down there were red flags from you or from her. And that it just wasn't right. So I, I do think and especially as older lads get, that they are looking for something. And most of them are very happy to be in relationships. Now, obviously, it's a caveat, there is dickheads out there cheating on girls and doing all that kind of stuff. And I'd never, uh, you know, think that that's right. But at the same time, there's an awful lot of genuine guys that just want to be in the right relationship, but go to the wrong one a few times and just manage it badly. So it looks like they're commitment phobes, but actually it's just the particular situations that they've got themselves into. Like, let's be honest, 
I picked a soccer team at seven years old and I'm still supporting them. I've run at the TV at the house. So guys do commit to things. Yeah. Um, just, just to football. Anything lads can commit to. <laughs> I mean, like, well, I'll always be there. Girls won't. <laughs> You've definitely given us some like insightful stuff. I'd actually love to get someone on who has cheated before just to hear their justifications of stuff because I always find it very intriguing of I find this in your 30s that there's a weird split in the road if you're in a relationship that you either go towards marriage or you break up there's this weird it's because they have to break up with them so they don't get married to them basically and there's this weird thing around our age where suddenly all these people become single again so it must be very strange to come into this world um, if you've been cheated on or whatever, and then be like, haven't you rely on Tinder to find your next mate? It's an odd one, all right. Yeah, especially if you've been with somebody since for years, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It'd have to be a huge culture shock because like, it has, there's been a significant shift in the dating landscape in the last few years. So it would take getting used to, and it would almost be kind of, especially if you go on Tinder and the first few matches, you know, they don't... Um, they don't engage with you. They don't message the ghosts. They send crude messages. Could you imagine like being in a relationship for 15 or 20 years, you break up. This is the first thing that you're, you see. Like it is dispiriting. But again, this is about perspective. And this is what I always say. I have the most amazing sing- or female friends. And I'm like, if I had met them in different ways or if there's other girls like them out there, how lucky would I be to date them? So we all say there's nobody out there. But there are amazing people out there. It's just a they haven't crossed my path in the right way yet. So hopefully that I will meet a Roisin or a Nicola or a different type of girl out there down oh. the line. We well, just live too far away, Kieran, and I'm terrible at taking photos. So I'm terrible at I'm terrible at taking photos, so we would never work on Yeah, I see there you go. <laughs> Kieran, thank you so much for coming on and chatting to us. And I um hope that the lads who are listening have been have been agreeing or disagreeing and they can interact with us on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. Um, and the girls who sent in the messages then will have learned something from today. Yeah, I think I've learned. I've been taking notes this whole time. I know. And as I said earlier, fair play to you for doing this. It's an absolutely brilliant idea. And I love the fact that you're going to stimulate conversation. Um, you know, I've been listening to your podcast. They're really interesting. And you know, it just gets you thinking about things. And I think that's so important for Ireland. Like, you know, there are, American dating podcast and a few English ones. They're a bit cheesy. They're really different. As I said, I did a bit of writing about dating years ago because I saw the American stuff and I was like, imagine saying that to an Irish girl. So it's so important to have something like this in this country. So fair play to you. Best of luck with Cheers. it. Cheers. Thank you. And thank you for coming on. Thank you. I know it's a scary thing to do uh, to come on and bear your soul. So uh, fair play to you and for, you know, being great crack with it as well. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks a million. Cheers all, man. Uh, Nicola, next time, what, maybe a Tinder swap? We might be doing a Tinder swap in the next episode. Well, we've never done a Tinder analysis. So I do say we do a Tinder analysis with a bit of Tinder swap where I take your profile, you take mine um, at a safety distance, of course, and see how we get on before I can delete the app. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I'm ready. I'm ready to delete it. I'm ready to let it go. Um, thanks, as usual, to everyone who's been listening. Thanks to Kieran for coming on. And like share spread it around send it to your lad mates and see if they agree um with what we said so far and uh, we'll chat to you next time yeah all right till next time nicholas see ya bye, bye.